shit ride like my ghost I'm riding around my city with my hands strapped on my toes Cause these niggas want me dead and I gotta make it back home Cause my mama need that bill money, my son need some milk These niggas try to take my life, they fuck around, get killed You fuck around, you fuck around, you fuck around, get smoked Cause these silly niggas I pull with me don't fuck around, no joke No, all I know is murder When it come to me, I got young niggas that's rolling I got niggas throwing bees, I done did the DOS I done did the KODs Every time I'm in that bitch, I get to throwing dirty G's But now I'm hanging out that drop head, I'm riding down no collars Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Adam Sandler and Netflix's Hustle. Joining me today, he just got back from playing Pickup and Tim's. It's my friend Mo Adewumi. Mo, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very happy that uh, Mo made it clear that he uh, really enjoyed this movie and had a lot to say on it because I, I, as someone that is one, uh, a Philadelphia native, two, a basketball fan, and three, an Adam Sandler fan, I, I knew that I was going to have stuff to say about this movie, whether it be good or bad. And I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about it with. Um, I forgot that you're a Sixers fan. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, like, I mean, I have some thoughts on just like the way they kind of like it's interesting the way they cooperated with this movie. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, Hustle is Netflix's newest collaboration uh, with Adam Sandler. You know, he's had this deal with them going where he makes movies for them. And most of them are pretty bad Adam Sandler movies that I uh, tuned out on. But, you know, this one is kind of different too, though, in that it's a co-production between his Happy Madison Productions and Spring Hill Company, which is LeBron James and Maverick Carter's production company, where they've like produced some entertainment, not a ton of feature films, um, only so far up until this one, it was Space Jam and New Legacy, which I think is uh, the less said about that one, the better. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> but uh, Adam Sandler uh, plays uh, Stanley Sugarman, a scout for the aforementioned Philadelphia 76ers. He has been spending the uh, bulk of his career just on the road overseas scouting basketball talent, and but he, he also aspires to be a basketball coach. And it looks like he's finally going to get his wish from Sixers, Sixers owner Rex Merrick, who is played by Robert Duvall in like a a very small role for an actor of that caliber and uh merrick rex has a soft spot for stanley and he says i'm finally going to make you the, the coach like you've always wanted to be and then he, as old people tend to do he passes away and his blowhard son vince takes over the team vince is played by ben foster he just doesn't really like stanley so much he sends him back on the road saying you need to find the next star so he is banished to uh b- back to Europe and he's hanging out in Mallorca, Spain, and just comes upon a pickup game where he sees a 22-year-old construction worker named Bo Cruz uh just dominating. And he just sets he sets his sights on bringing Bo to America and selling him as the next big thing in the NBA. Mo, I want to I want to ask you first, because I've I mean I've talked with you just since I've known you, I've talked a lot more about basketball with you than I have about movies. And I'm curious uh where you are at at this point with regards to Adam Sandler. I'm wondering in general how you feel about him as an actor and his movies it, it, to the extent that you have watched them because he's just had such an odd career and that like, you know, he's made a lot of like, you know, objectively not great things recently. And he's made a lot of movies. He made a lot of movies that were very successful in the 90s that I'm afraid to go back and watch because it might ruin my childhood if I looked at them with a more critical eye. But he also has this ability when he wants to, to like be like a really great dramatic actor, uh, though some of those movies tend not to be seen as much. So I'm kind of curious what your relationship was with him as an actor, because I don't know much about that. But I do know the subject matter of this movie is something that greatly interests you. So I'm kind of curious what your feelings were like going into this, given how you feel about Adam Sandler, but also that you're someone that would probably be keen on any kind of like good basketball content yeah so uh i haven't seen too many adam sandler movies but Mm -hmm. i've seen definitely a few i definitely missed a lot of the 91s but (laughs) you know i did get to see grown-ups 
think I saw Click way back in the day. I saw uh, definitely like Adam Sandler, like comedy 2000s kind of deal. And so I really did think he was kind of a, I guess, Mickey D's comedian, like (laughs) sort of uh, actor kind of thing, you know, just kind of a staple. Did you see Uncut Gems? I did see Uncut Gems. And so that's when my view of him sort of turned a little bit where like, he's still playing like a massive goofball and I can see him like sort of sinking his teeth into that. But like, I felt like Uncut Gems was so uh, well done and so captivating that I was just like, okay, there's, there's something here, you know, I didn't know this man could like actually act, you know? (laughs) Um, And, but the thing that like, you know, sort of drew me into like, you know, Adam Sandler's making the basketball movie was, you know, seeing like a few years ago, that he actually really freaking loves basketball, you know? He, he, has, a, he has a handle. Like, there's, like, clips out there of him, like, yeah. hooping. Yeah, like, he's he really he's really into basketball. He's he's uh, done a few basketball movies. I guess Uncut Gems is somewhat of a basketball movie, somewhat. Uh, but, like, you can, you can really tell that he's got, like, act, actually a love of the game, and it's very interesting. So I was, like, you know not worried when they announced that this movie was coming out because i was like okay this like out of any like non uh explicitly sports guy uh this is one of the actors in hollywood that i feel like i can trust with uh, a movie like this yeah i don't know if people have like the strongest feelings about his um uh about the movie that he did uh the, the remake of the longest yard he did which i mean was is it's, it's like a very beloved 70s movie or whatever and but i think some people like when this when word of this start first started getting out even as a philadelphia guy i was like i didn't really know what to make of it i'm like they're shooting a basketball movie for adam sandler in philadelphia and i knew it was a netflix thing and a lot of his netflix stuff is just like not good like the stuff that his company produces like he had a movie called the Meyerowitz stories but that was directed and written by Noah Baumbach who was like a very prestigious filmmaker of largely dramatic movies and you know is someone that got a great performance out of him but the most of the stuff that he is behind is not it's just not good when he's really great it tends to be in stuff that other filmmakers are making he has like the stable of directors that he works with that just do all of his crappy comedies so (laughs) some people looked at it and they realized oh some of the people behind this are actually like not just the guys he always works with, even if it actually is his company that's doing it, but he's doing it. And the fact that it was like LeBron James's company, like it didn't really do a whole lot more for me because I didn't like space jam last year. Mm -hmm. And I, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll keep this kind of filed away in the back of my head, but I'm not going to like get overly excited because it just could just be like an embarrassing movie for my city to be associated with. And when I first saw that, I did not realize that they were going to get like all the licensing and cooperation from the Sixers you could possibly really get in like yeah. a way that kind of surprised me. But then like, I saw the first trailer and the first trailer wasn't bad. I was like, okay, like this looks kind of interesting. Like I'll probably check it out. I'll get to see a couple of the Sixers in then. And, you know, it looks like he's actually trying at least because they, they give the first speech the you of this game speech or whatever. That's like kind of mm-hmm. right. The first trailer. It's like, okay, you can kind of tell Adam Sandler is like in his actual zone where he's like trying to be a good dramatic actor. So I was like really happy about that. So um, I guess the one thing, the one thing I'll add to that is that uh, I tend to be someone who, uh, I, I mean, even though I'm a big sports fan, I, I mean, in there are sports movies I really like. I think sometimes sports, like the most popular sports movies, are almost like 
generic enough in their storytelling that they're not going to appeal to the biggest sports fans because like they want to see something different and not something that's like kind of predictable and that'll teach them something new whereas like maybe a regular sports movie is catering to a larger audience and they'll dumb things down or whatever so when i see something like this i'm like hoping that they do it in like a smarter way that's less straightforward like a couple come to mind i i remember we i don't know if you ever went back and watched the whole thing but like i really like netflix's high flying bird a couple years ago and also uh sugar sugar is a baseball movie that came out in 2008. I actually did a podcast on it with um, our friend Adam Lichtenstein last year uh, in advance of baseball season that follows a, a baseball player who's picked up at a scouted at a Dominican Academy. And it follows like his life on like the working his way up through the minor leagues and what that might be like. And it doesn't have a traditional path. So I respected that, but I was like kind of worried, would this movie be too, too traditional? And I think what I, the nicest thing I can say about hustle is that like, you kind of know where it's going the whole time, but it's like still incredibly well done and exciting, even if it's like kind of traditional in its structure. And I think it's everything that goes into it is just like so effective from the performances to the way they shoot it to the some of the comedy bits and everything like that in the in the writing. Like it's a lot of stuff that is done very well in service of a traditional story. So that's why it still works for me overall. So I want to know, like, wh- why did you like ultimately really come down very positively on this movie? Yeah, so I'll say this, uh, you know, in comparison to like High Flying Bird, uh, was not really a big fan of it. Uh, mm. You know, I, I understand that like what it was going for and it was trying to be smart, but like, uh, <laughs> like I really needed to see some form of basketball for me mm. to really uh, be into it. And I just didn't get any of that. And with this movie, I guess, so the way I evaluated it, especially after watching it a second time, was uh you know liking it as a basketball fan versus liking it as just a consumer of movies Mm. and so as a consumer of movies i like that there's a uh that like you mentioned there were like exciting moments there was some build-up there was uh you know very uh lovable sort of characters uh here and there a lovable villain uh, I did not expect uh, to enjoy Anthony yeah. Edwards as a villain as much. Kermit Wiltz. Kermit Wiltz. That's that's hilarious. I, you know, and like he really just he he played that part uh, pretty well. Um, and then as uh, you know, and also the Sixers owner, just awful human being. Uh, well, the heir anyway. Um, well, it's kind of. I was gonna ask. Like, I mean, it <laughs> seems like it got some of the basketball specific stuff. Like in a way that worked for you. Cause you know, oh, yeah. uh, I think one, we, well, I, I guess there's the on-court stuff, which we can also talk about, but I think the, uh, what's interesting is that like, I was going to ask, cause we, I kind of touched on it when I did my little synopsis at the beginning, but mm-hmm. like, they seem to like be kind of going for like a high, I, I'm that the one that I'm just surprised the Sixers cooperated is that it's like, it doesn't portray them in the best light necessarily. Cause this version of the Sixers, like, turned it over to like a terrible son, which is not totally dissimilar from what happened to my beloved Sixers a few years ago. <laughs> when like fucking Jerry Colangelo took over our team and then just handed it to our, handed it over to his son without an interview process. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, if he had, if he had died, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but you know, that that's what happened. And like that, he ran our team into the ground and here it kind of almost happens, but it seems like you're trying to do a hybrid of that. And like mm-hmm. the bus family, uh, because yes. they, because I mean, that, that it's like, the I mean, jumping in and last minute being like, uh, he made a mess. I have to come yeah. in and clean it up and stuff like that. I, I yeah. saw bus family elements of it. I saw. I, I looked up some of the genie bus stuff when Showtime aired a few months back, but like, I mean, I guess there was a period I know, like in the 
uh, mid the mid 2010s or the earlier 2010s were like Jim Bus did take over. I don't remember what Jeannie's yeah. status was at that point, but then she kind of like reassumed it. So it's clearly like going for that, but also mm-hmm. some of the uh, palace intrigue stuff that like happened with the mm-hmm. Sixers. So I, yeah. I, I kind of, I did kind of enjoy that stuff. It seemed like you probably got a kick out of it too. I did. I, I got a real kick out of it. I, mm-hmm. I felt like they were giving enough to the traditional movie consumer and mm-hmm. giving enough to uh, the uh, the involved NBA fan um, and and uh, enough to the casual NBA fan and so I feel like the movie tied itself up uh, quite nicely around that. I was more critical on the second watch though, um, and there's stuff in it that I would uh, that I'd love to get into uh, later, but yeah. um, definitely uh, just some of the uh ways as a sports fan and also as like a movie watcher that i was just a little thrown off by um and i think there's limitations of a two-hour movie you know i think we i think we might be on the same page about that if if, because i think some of my criticisms are more way in the the final act um Mm -hmm. but what i will say as a sports fan as opposed to just like you know a general movie fan one thing that kind of impressed me and felt like i was watching something new mm-hmm. was the uh what was like the the first part of this movie and that like i know a little bit about the life of a scout and there've been that's, some that's the been, strongest point yeah, yeah there've been some stories about that before I, I remember the athletic did a story a couple years ago where it was they did it like i think it was the athletic or maybe it was an espn story but someone did a pretty long story about like where they interviewed like an, an nba advanced scout and was like, what is, and the, the guy, the guy kept his name anonymous. So he could be very candid, but it's like, what's it like to be an advanced scout, which is a little different than being like a, um, a prospect scout, I suppose. Advanced scout is just always traveling ahead of the team scouting whoever's next. Mm-hmm. But like, so I got, a, I remember that a little bit, but for the most part, those guys work in the shadows. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not totally in the shadows because they're got good seats to the games or whatever, but you don't really hear that from them that much. They're not ones doing interviews unless it might be an anonymous thing here or there during draft season. So like, I thought that opening montage was really great uh, yeah. where you see him going through his job and like it, you really felt how draining that shit must be, even if you do get to fly business class, uh, yeah. you know, and that was pretty cool. Cause like there's about, there's, I mean, that's, that's a nearly 10 minute sequence, but there's also like 25 minutes of like basketball training sequences in there where mm-hmm. it feels like you've kind of seen them before. If you've watched the Rocky movies, cause yeah. this thing also shoot, actually shot on location in Philadelphia to its credit. They didn't try and pass Atlanta office Philly or something like that. But, right. you know, so I didn't mind looking at that cause I'm looking at my city and I like that, but it's like, I've seen that stuff before. I hadn't seen this like scout stuff before. And it felt like, because Adam Sandler is giving a really good grounded performance by his standards. And they have this like, you know, this very inventive way of showing what his life is like in that opening sequence. I'm like, this is really impressive. And I feel like I'm like really learning something new about what it must be like to be a basketball lifer yeah yeah that and and that was a really strong point to start the mm-hmm. movie and it really hooked me in uh especially because you know Boban? uh well because <laughs> but like it's also because you always feel as a fan like oh i would love to work in the nba you could put me in anything put <laughs> me in front office you can make me a coach you can make me a video right. coach. i don't care put me in the nba and it's Eric Spolstra is the exception, not the rule. <laughs> it's still a job. And I think that was the point that they were hammering home uh, through the eyes of Stanley is mm-hmm. that like, you know, it's a job. It's hard work. You know, like uh, there might be like some you miss your perks, family, but you miss your family. You don't make that much money. 
the perks are the things that float you for the reason that you don't make that much money. Um, you're not very well recognized. You're not very well respected. Um, well, I, I actually, I'll push back on that a little bit. What's interesting is that he is incredibly well respected. We see that just about every guy well, he encounters he in the league likes him. Layer, not because he was necessarily a scout. I think if you recall okay. in the movie, like he's having such a hard time getting, uh, getting uh, Bo Cruz into the draft, and yeah, part of that was because of the incident that happened with Bo Cruz, mm-hmm. but like. You know, I have some thoughts on that, it, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, but parts of it is like, because like, you know, he's saying like, you know, I showed up to your dad's birthday uh, event every single uh, year. And like, I've never asked you for a favor before. And like, it just sort of hits home that this dude has, even though like he's got these connections and even though he's done loyal service and good work and he's really good at his job, he's like mm-hmm. nothing to the NBA. And he says it out loud. He's like, 30 years around this game and it's like I'm nothing you know Mm -hmm. and I thought that that was actually really um impactful because it you know really just sort of like uh like hits you like you know it might be the NBA it might be all the glitz and glam but like there is some like grittier parts of it there are some people who are just putting in like serious hard work not really getting a lot of credit for it and are just doing it because they 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 love it, but it's also their job, and it's yeah, like I, really their job, you know. Yeah, I and hadn't so even I really, really really enjoyed that part. Yeah, I hadn't even really necessarily thought about in those terms, and I probably should have because, as I mean, a lot of listeners probably know, like I in a prior life I aspired to work in sports and mm-hmm. or me and or media because I, I did sports journalism at University of Florida, and even when I went to law school, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be be a sports law guy or whatever, and I'm gonna uh, whether go work for a team or whatever. I worked for a baseball agent one summer. I the next summer I um, when I lived in your neck of the woods, I lived in um, I lived in northern Northern Virginia, and I worked for a company called Octagon, which is like the uh, which is the sports agency that has like a bunch of really big time athletes, including Steph Curry, and I got to like you know I got to work on like the contracts for it and stuff like that and i mean but then like you know you don't go do that stuff right out of school actually unless you're super well connected or like uh ivy league so i was like all right i'll go be a regular lawyer and i i'm still here six years later it went better than i could have imagined but like i know i know people one that like stuck trying to do that path and then are already back to not doing that and i know people that like instead of like going to going and doing something different like me going to law school after uf like actually stuck with the journalism thing and like have either a handful have gone on and are doing very well for themselves and like a lot of them are like, oh, I wish I had done what you did and just gone and being a lawyer right away. It's like, it's really hard out there to like get into these fields. And even if you do, like it's, you're going to be working your way up for a really long ass time, not making a lot of money. So it's kind of cool to like see that kind of grind uh, put to camera and in a, in a pretty effective way, I would say like, and I think yeah. you, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that was something that the movie was trying to drive home. And I think it was important because if you didn't necessarily like get that part that like this was like a slog and this was a grind, you don't really, it's hard to feel for Stanley, you know, in the movie itself and like feel for what he's going through just as uh, a professional and as a former player. Um, so yeah, like um, that was that was definitely interesting. But yeah, if we want to, I guess- cool. Well, I was going to ask what I was going to ask, like what you actually thought when he got to Spain and what did you mm-hmm. think of the, cause we, we, we touched a little bit on the actual basketball. What did you I mean? I, I mean, 
he actually makes it look kind of easy how he finds Bo, but like, what did you actually think of that introduction to the character and that world of like a, uh, a, of like the scout actually having like go find the guy. And maybe, maybe there's never, maybe there's not quite an analog like this of a guy mm-hmm. just like finding a construction worker in rural Spain, but like you, I'm sure scouts find themselves in like odd places like that and yeah. where they have to like try and communicate with language barriers and all that. What did you think of that depiction of him actually like, straight up doing the work once he got there and or or, or that basket or that first pickup scene itself uh tim jokes aside yeah um i i think it was um really interesting the comp that we had uh talked about um a little bit before uh we started was Giannis, and that's something that i flipped back to uh in terms of at least the personality and like some of the parallels with the story is that it feels very like uh, Giannis like um, like just finding somebody uh, when you were really scouting for other people and and that's how um, and that's how they were uh, is that how Giannis got discovered like that's, by accident that's, that's kind of how Giannis got discovered it was very much sort of an accident um, mm. and uh, at least uh, for what I can recall because Giannis was not on the A team uh, mm. when the scout showed up uh, he mm. was very much um, on the junior team but they were just like, oh, crap, look at this kid, you know? <laughs> um, and I think it was like, uh, it had to try and find a creative way to do it um, and a little bit more of a movie magic casual thing kind of thing because I just don't think scouts are picking up dudes based off of pickup games. But like, uh, like I know, thought that I thought that pickup game was fun though. They like the, it was it was fun the way they shot it at least. Oh yeah, place. it was it was it was very fun. It was very mm-hmm. fun. It was just you know that's something that you have to like suspend your belief for a little bit. I mean, your disbelief for a little bit because, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think like unorganized uh, pickup games is where they're going. Question. Would, would it have made more sense for him to, when he, when he go when he follows Bo home, I, I mean, I, I did get, I did get a kick out of the scene on the bus uh, mm-hmm. when he was trying to do the Google translate thing. But uh, when he, when he goes through his house, would it make, would it have made more sense for him to like call up Pogasol on the phone? Uh, do you think that would have excited him a lot more than if him calling Dirk? Or do you think Dirk's Dirk, like has that enough of an international profile? Dirk that has would have been enough impressed? of okay. an international yeah, okay. profile. If you <laughs> love basketball and yeah. you're and you live uh, in Europe, you probably know who Dirk is. And like, okay. Al would probably also do the job, you know, uh, being from Spain. But like, you know, Dirk Dirk does it fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I, I I did enjoy like kind of like seeing Stanley. Uh, stanley go to work and like try and like you know win over his family and something like that and like i mean we're watching a movie about a guy that they want us to cheer for uh mm-hmm. but at the same time like in a way it made sense that he it didn't take that much convincing to get him over there because i'm sure there's like uh less virtuous people that have similar jobs that might like possibly sell someone a false bill of goods like that so mm-hmm. at least this guy like you know had good intentions, even if he was kind of misleading as to the amount of support he was getting from the Sixers, at least, at least this guy's kind of good hearted, but like, it kind of made sense that he was able to just like get him on a plane over there by dropping some numbers. Cause I'm sure some people in similar situations, maybe even in other sports are like, you know, tempted by like more, uh, uh, just, uh, more, uh, morally dubious figures to like, you know, buy the promises of something like that. So it kind of made sense the way he sold him on it. And then just got him on a plane. Like I, I did not, that, 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 that was, I did not have to really suspend that much disbelief to like get back to Philadelphia with him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you see, you don't even see it like uh, in the international seat, uh, circles as much as you even see it in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like shady agents, shady 
uh, coaches or like random um, uh, community figures or family members or something, they're always around talent. They see talent and they figure out a way to sort of like weasel their way in and then over promise and under deliver. And that is like a common story. So like the fact that like, you know, Bo was able to like, Bo was convinced to get on a plane and go to Philadelphia for this thing is like definitely not unbelievable at all, especially when you consider the circumstances supporting a mom and a young daughter and they heard the nine hundred thousand dollars in salary. See, see, like, see, you're the guy. You're the guy. But yeah, but, but you're the guy that says you need basketball in a movie in, in your sports <laughs> movies. You need to have fun gameplay. I would be down for like a, a down and dirty indie movie about the AAU scene, or like oh, bag, or, or, or like or like bagmen in college football, where you never even see the field. I would like to see yeah. those kind of stories that are really about the people that work in the shadows. Like I would be totally into something like that. And there's a pun, a plenty of like surely sketchy AAU dudes out here. Um, yeah. and uh, but but yeah, no, it like. It, it, I, I can imagine, like you said, maybe the initial meeting, you're not finding them in real life. You're maybe you're not finding them like right up in a pickup game, uh, come mm-hmm. off a construction site, but like the, the, the way they got them there, like that probably does actually ring kind of true. Um, and yeah, and I, and I, I want to take that opportunity also to ask you about what you thought about, um, what you thought about, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez as like a, someone to build this movie around. I don't remember. I think I looked up the movie. I don't know. Maybe they were originally going to have someone else and I forgot who that was going to be. Um, but they, who was it? Didn't they? Oh no. Maybe they just considered other people for it. I, uh, now I'm not seeing it in the Wikipedia, but I think they might've had other people, but they settled on this guy and he's clearly not the most experienced actor, but I think the story actually like it, it works with this story because like, yeah, he's not the most colorful actor and charismatic in that way. But I think like once they get him back to the States and he's like kind of adapting to everything when it's like a fish out of water kind of story like that, it would kind of make sense that he'd be like an, like, like a, um, just a man, a few words in those situations. So it wasn't like bothering me that it was like, obviously not a professional actor. I thought it still worked in the context of this movie. What did you think about what he brought to that role? Yeah. Yeah. He, he brings definitely, uh, like a believability. He seems very genuine about mm-hmm. like being a little surprised by everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I almost wish that he wasn't necessarily from Spain. I, I I you know it would have been cool if he was like from Latvia or something like that because Spain almost seems too close to like professional basketball circles to the United. Yeah, it's States like the, it's probably like the next most like loaded country for talent after us. Yeah. Like could have done that or just like done. I mean. I was about yeah. to say, like, I mean, some of the African countries are even ahead of Lafayette. It's like Lafayette. Exactly. It's like they got Chris Stapps. Like Lafayette, yeah. it's like Chris Stapps. And then with, uh, you know, Slovenia, it's like Luca. And there's like, yeah. you know, you could have picked a couple of those other Eastern European ones and like made it feel even more remote when he went over there. Yeah. Yeah. Like Belarus or something. Or you could, <laughs> yeah, done a bunch of West African countries that haven't necessarily gotten that kind of burn yet. But it still worked just because of like the character and the guy playing him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just felt that there was very much a uh, a real, like, uh, connection to his role. And, I you know, you, you find out he's an actual player. Like, he's, he's actually played for, uh, he's played uh, professional basketball, uh, I think, in Spain and, uh, and in the NBA. So, like, I think maybe he was able to channel a little bit of that just, like, wonder and amazement. Uh, because like he's already experienced a little bit of it. 
Yeah, I don't I honestly like I guess it's my fault for not watching a lot of uh games on the in the in the mountain time zone. Uh because yeah. he's played a decent amount for uh Denver and Utah, or like he mm-hmm. played some time on Utah last season. But if like you look at Ernan Gomez's stats, oh, I, I was just like I didn't know he played at all until this movie. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So I know Willie Hernan Gomez. I didn't mm. like, that's a name I know more. And I've, I feel like I've watched him more. And so like that, and, that, and that, that's his brother, but like, I was like, so, I mean, again, like I'm a, I'm a big NBA fan, but maybe not so much that I, I know the guy that played like, you know, 52 games for for Minnesota in 2020, 2021 season, or yeah. like, or, or then like a total when, when he, between Denver and Minnesota, 48 games in 2019, 2020. So he hasn't like played and then he, but he did play 70 games for Denver the year before that. And like, maybe it was just kind of confusing because you can almost like, if you squint a little bit, he looks a little bit like Jokic in some ways, but like, you know, <laughs> but during that season uh, in 2019, 2020, when he played, uh, if you look at his, it's just weird. Like, well, I guess that's just during his stint with Minnesota, but it's like, uh-huh. if you look at his totals for that year, he did shoot, like he shot it from three and he's like six foot nine. And in his 14 games with Minnesota, 12.9 points, 42% from three. It's like, why isn't this guy developed into something more? I mean, maybe he's just not as good as Bo Cruz actually is, but it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like he had a couple of interesting cup of coffee moments, but I, I'm the same as you. I knew Willie and I'm like, Oh, maybe this guy's just like Willie's brother. And they've like, they've hopped upon him. I've not read the casting story or whatever, but like, right. I just think it works and he's able to like be funny, dryly funny in the moment that call for it even if he's like mm-hmm. obviously just not a professionally trained actor and i yeah. i thought they it's a pretty good find by them to like you know there's probably there i think they were smart in that like you know maybe like a, a lesser operation just cast a big star in that role just to just to have the name there but it probably works better for the storytelling storytelling purposes if it just kind of like looks like it comes across as a nobody to the audience because they don't know better and they did the smart thing and like getting getting uh ant to play the the heel you know yeah yeah, definitely. And like, I think that if you had tried to like, you know, put a Joel Embiid or um, or like a OG Ananobi or like somebody like, you know, a real live NBA player that's like believable, right? I feel like there would be so much folk, there, there would be so much focus on either trying to adapt their real life story or trying to run away from it that it would almost take away from the movie. Whereas like, you know, you get an NBA journeyman kind of guy who, you know, can play the part, but like, is it super well known, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even to like uh, uh, relatively avid watchers like uh, us two, then it's easier for him to just sort of slip, uh, slip into that role because. But, 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 but as I noted, but as I noted, they went the other way with that, with the, with the uh, Kermit Wills character. Uh, yeah. and, uh, of a- Anthony Edwards. And I, but I still think it worked because like, yeah, even though I'm like, that's Anthony Edwards and they just gave mm-hmm. him another name. And there's so many other like well-known NBA players that just like show up in this movie. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of distracting when one of them shows up and he's just not actually that guy, but mm-hmm. like, man, I still like, it, it kind of works in a way where it's like, all right, fine. Like you didn't have to sell You didn't try and sell me on this like hidden gem guy, uh, mm-hmm. being like, so, uh, being played by a super recognizable face, but like, I just got such a kick out of Anthony Edwards and like, <laughs> I, I'm, I have mad respect for the fact that like, he took this also some mad respect for, Oh, Mo Wagner, like playing the, mm-hmm. like the bust. Like, yes. I guess he just really, want, I guess he just really wanted to like be involved in this operation that was, yeah. you know, hang out with Adam Sandler and LeBron and company. And just like, I'll be anything. I'll even be the German guy they shouldn't have drafted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I props to him for that. But like for Ant, like, man, that character says some vile shit later in this movie. And like, and, and, and they don't try and redeem him at all. 
Like, no. I think a lot of people, I, I saw a couple of criticisms of the movie where it's like, oh, they didn't like really make that guy more, a more well-rounded character. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I think that it's like the expectation is like, maybe yeah. he's going to like, maybe he's just going to like, yo, dap him up at the end of the movie or something. It's like, no, that guy's just an asshole. And yeah. Anthony Edwards doesn't care enough about what people think to like say no, because he doesn't get to be redeemed. He's like, sure, I'll be in the movie and I'll just be the guy that talks shit. And I, I respected yeah. that. Some people might be afraid to like come across as unlikable. And he's just like, I'm going to own it. Yeah, no, Anthony Edwards is, like, when he came to the league, he was already one of my favorite players, just mm-hmm. simply because of the interviews. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can just be able to see the the attitude. Like, I can believe, like, not some of the stuff that he actually ends up saying in the movie, but, like, I can believe he's a world-class shit talker. Like, mm-hmm. and it was shown in the movie just, just sort of, like, you know, the intensity, like, the ability to get under somebody's skin. Uh, I don't necessarily feel like he plays that way uh, because he's more, he's really talented himself. So I feel like he would more be trying to like fend off people that get under his skin. But I think he does, he is very nonchalant and very like, doesn't care about a lot of things in just, uh, in just how he's like perceived. He's just like straight up and honest with people. So, you know, I guess when they were like, yeah, sink your teeth into this villain role, he was like, bet, all right, I will, you know, and it was, it was great, you know, and I, I think that like, you know, it would have been very disjointed if they had that like, you know, dap up sort of like, I respect you, dude, like. Uh, What's funny is that so it's like old timers like to criticize guys for being too friendly mm-hmm. these days. And right. it's like, yeah, in, in this movie, we're not going to make it that we'll just like make him be like a guy that's just like there to talk shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like it would have been really weird if they had that. It would have been disjointed, mm-hmm. especially because like you know the movie. Talk about like having sex with his twelve-year-old daughter, or shit, like or seven-year-old daughter and stuff like that. It's like wild. Well, no, it was it was. Or the more, mom. It was the mom. Okay, the okay. Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like no, saying, he "Oh, but he's saying I, I bet, I bet she could use a new daddy or something like that." I think yeah. he made some comments about the daughter too. You yeah, know? no, no, he he definitely crossed the line, and mm-hmm. like you know, it's it's definitely like you know, like let that opportunity for being like a redeemable person is like sort of a season end story or like a career end story kind of thing um with between like two long-standing bitter rivals but like this is like pre-draft stuff and like these are two guys that don't like each other so it would make very little sense if at the end of the movie where like it, it's pretty clear like the movie ends like a little bit after people get drafted and are on their respective teams that mm-hmm. they had that like yeah bro like you're you're all right with me like no like like let's skip all that shit like let's let's just get into like some some guys that don't like each other you know playing basketball together so you, so you mentioned the end of the movie and you also mentioned earlier that like maybe this movie went on a little too long and well no i i, I think that there were actually a little bit of like limitations um in terms of just like the end was kind of drawn out but like in terms of like the story itself there were like some holes in it that I was like trying to like you know wrap my head around what's kind of that's kind of where I'm going with this so like Mm -hmm. you know I I, one thing stuck with me I I can't remember the last time I heard it I was just hearing like I mean it was probably on a podcast a long time ago where I was hearing someone talk about movies and they're like you know, it's kind of, you kind of always feel it in certain kinds of movies, whether it be like a rom-com or like anything where you're like, you know, things are going well for a while. Normally something bad starts to happen around like the, around the, like the hour 10 mark or something like that. Yeah. And, and like, I think like, I was like, all right, well, yeah, things are about to go well when they're having another productive training montage, like something bad's going to have to happen, I guess. And uh, they get them into the, uh, I mean, 
there's a couple there's a couple different sequences and there's one where it's like all right well now we're gonna we're gonna get derailed by this assault charge he has a while back and then there's another mm-hmm. thing where it's like he's gonna not be able to control his anger at the end it's like it's this feels like kind of like you know finding artificial ways to like kind of like hold him back and then get him back to where you know the traditional sports movie ending is going to be which is what some people have criticized it for and i mm-hmm. get it there has to be some conflict though i don't really know if i agree with the way they pulled it off here uh for one so so i, I want to know what, what what was the what was your biggest bone you had to pick with that part of the movie and then i'll tell you mine okay so like my biggest bone that i have to pick honestly is just the idea that like a, a like highly sought after draft pick and like that was the other thing was throwing me was I had no idea what this pick was you know like what 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 was what was going on here uh but like a guy that like is that talented at the combine and can clearly go bucket for bucket against like a top three draft pick uh yeah there's an assault charge and even maybe like a, a skirmish right but he doesn't actually like punch the dude he just like there's a skirmish at the combine it might make for like a big oh my god like controversy he's gonna get drafted he's gonna get drafted he's a there, white dude he's gonna get drafted what well, what are we doing here like i, I don't... It's, it's not only that yes obviously in, in real life race would obviously play a factor in that but like players of color in all sports also, also still get, get drafted, drafted with like with like much more with, with like much more worse criminal records yeah. and this guy at some point in spain might have like punched his ex's uh new boyfriend yeah. and uh and, and like that that's the one thing that's going to make no one draft him where like here won't play anyone that has a domestic violence charge as long as it's not caught on video it's like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's still drafted i don't I, it, it was really it was that was that was the biggest like as a basketball and as an overall sports fan like that was my biggest gripe was this idea that like that even the incident with anthony edwards yeah just slapping the floor instead of punching him yeah that would like that would just like that would that would like give espn a a couple days of content but it wouldn't do much more than that yeah no like i i guess it was confirmation of his violent tendencies but come on bro like you get it's easily fixed with like an agency already hopping on boat crews because they see like oh my god it's combine numbers and like they just come out and like talk about like mental health and living in the rough streets of madrid or whatever and it's easily papered over like there is no universe where those two things stops gms from drafting the guy maybe they draft him late first round but they still he gets drafted they well and then also that this was they won't they won't even invite him to the combine because of news of that charge yeah and the, the, the buzz that that creates but then they're going to change their mind because of a, a social media stuff oh, social media st- yeah that, yeah yeah and like that's the thing it's like that's what's kind of disappointing because like up until that point in the movie and again it's not we both really like this movie it seems like but it's just like mm-hmm. part of what we liked about it is that it seems like it gets a lot about the game and mm-hmm. understands like the league and it's obviously produced by lebron and like who has insights into this and um into how how things work in the nba and it's just like so many people involved in this operation seem like they know basketball very well and care about it and it's like that kind of showed like some kind of either like uh naivete about how things actually were or some ignorance and it's like i know i know the people behind this kind of like know better know this isn't going to ring true to real basketball fans you know yeah yeah like the idea that like because he's like swatting around like you know average joes on the park and then occasionally (laughs) an nba player shows up 
and like does a half-hearted pickup game with him and like oh my god he has to get it no come on well and the other thing was in the in the other scenes before that where he was playing against kermit like Everyone kind of those those scenes. I mean, again, I'll say the the basketball is actually very good compared yeah. to like the basketball the way it's shot in other movies. Like you can tell mm-hmm. like they 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 shot Ant the right way where you can tell that's him throwing down some of the dunks mm-hmm. and uh and it's Hernan Gomez like actually like doing some of the blocks and shooting some of the shots. Like it's it's shot wide in in an impressive way, but it's like it's also kind of predictable in each of those scenes up until that point in the movie where it's like oh he starts out good but then something throws him off and then he starts like missing the shots or whatever. But the fact is like we're still led to believe he has shown the ability to hang with this guy that is at worst going to be the number two pick in the draft. Right. And then it's like, so now uh, not letting average Joe's get a shot off in like hanging with like Tobias Harris, who is like, just like not that good of a basketball player or just a very overpaid one. That's a whole other conversation with me. But like, the fact is like, yeah, that, 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 that shouldn't be the thing that then just like gets everyone to give him a call where it's like, I blocked a bunch of nobodies. And I kind of hung with Tobias Harris. It's so stupid. Um, and like, and but that, 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 that's just the way this movie decided to like kind of ride out the final part. And then yeah. what, what, what I want to jump to the end and then we'll work our way back um, to, and I can ask you about other odds and ends about the movie. Um, mm-hmm. My thing is like, I thought it could have like just found a smarter way to get them to the combine and then just like had it kind of culminate in the game with him and the Kermit player uh played by Ant. I guess I still don't need them to make up, but like that can it can kind of, I for me the movie probably could have just ended there and they could have found a different way to kind of wrap that up as opposed to the stupid oh no he slapped the hardwood instead of his face moment. Um that would have been a cool way to end the movie if you like saw him like having a really intense back and forth with this guy. I don't need him to shake hands but like just such that like we see some cool basketball shots and we see him win the guys over and maybe then you cut to him playing in the league. Instead they're like all right what's uh he's he's maybe blowing it and then we have to have this like rom-com type scene where he gets run mm-hmm. down at the airport and has to get driven to the Bronx into like maybe the most unrealistic pickup game I've ever seen. Oh, um, and I look, yeah. I think NBA players probably do play like, Oh, they play pickup pick in the off scene, but like, did, 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 did they invite a bunch of that? that's I literally had what? that in my notes. I'm like, did GMs what? get invited to like watch players play like that just for shits and gigs? They really just invite GMs to like scout them all, all, all at their games. It's like a game like this could have maybe happened at Rucker or something uh, or, or whatever, but like just, just with the players, like that's yeah. not how a guy is going to get back in the league. You know, those no. games, that, that kind of game is not a thing that happens. No open, like, Open runs, uh, especially for NBA players, they're very much like, you know, a who you know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like the only time where like, you know, and whatever an NBA player is doing is like going to be like uh, somewhat effectual and bring him back is if like the guy is not only just doing open runs with like, you know, like all of the NBA players, like let's say he's doing like, open runs at gyms and he's like hanging out with like a whole bunch of players and they're like wow wow he's like really still got it but like that's a thing it's got to be like a guy who's been out of the league a few years who's showing that he's really still got it and then after some whispers here and there a gm might attend the private workout and be like Mm -hmm. yeah like you know i want to put back greg monroe in the league you know i want to I want to uh, pick him up. Let's give him a minimum contract. Let's see what he's got, you know, or Carmelo Anthony. But it's like like 22-year-old rookies who haven't touched organized basketball in eight years don't get signed from an open run. You, you don't see Brad Stevens <laughs> or Mark Jackson at these, like, random, like, pickup games. At you had to mention Brad Stevens. My, 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 my one point I was going to make at the end about Brad Stevens 
Probably the worst acting of any of the cameos in the movie. Oh, God. We uh, need to get him up to Boston. Or, like, it was really bad. Like, I mean, hey, I, I actually think Kenny Smith legitimately good in this movie. Yeah. Um, I liked him. And I'm, like, overexposed them. But, like, um, mm-hmm. Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris, they got their line. And Tyrese Maxey, like, they got their lines in and it was fine. Uh, like, like some people complain very cynically about the cameos and that Mm -hmm. was the other thing that bothered me like some people like just dismissing the movie outright or looking at the trailer or whatever or who wanted who came into it with a more cynical eye i think they were just like oh this is just an excuse to show that these guys can get a bunch of famous people to show up and be in it and that in its in and of itself doesn't bother me like if you're if you're following a story about people that run in these circles they're going to run into other famous people at stuff like so that doesn't bother me in and of itself but because that last game made so little sense as a thing that would happen, that did feel gratuitous to me to like, like a way just to get these other faces in it. Like, yeah. Cause just, just for fun, like Trey young, is just going to go play for other GMs? Like, no, um, like I, it just, it, it just, it rang very false to me. And it's like, again, I think you have the bones of like a really great story here and you have some really interesting. We didn't even really talk about Adam Sandler's performance that much aside from the beginning. Like he really, he really carries the movie and he's very convincing mm-hmm. in, a, in a role like this. And it's like, and we talked about how we liked Ernan Gomez. Like they are good enough on their own to carry this story. You don't need all of these other shenanigans they had in the back half of it. No, no, you didn't. And like, you know, it, like you just brought up Trey Young. I really was like, isn't that tampering? To be honest, <laughs> like, like, you know, just like playing basketball for other GMs, like in uh, in like a super secret. Game, Maybe like that that it smells like tampering. But and also a good way for those guys to like probably like get hurt and then like be in trouble with their teams or something like that. Not that yeah. guys don't play pickup, but it's like then then you're doing it like that's why they probably play pickup on the DL. So like they don't like have a bunch of witnesses if they get hurt or something like that. Also, right. like that are already in the league, you know, uh, right. just didn't really make a ton of sense, though. Again, like I still enjoyed the basketball. I enjoyed having like I, 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 I can't say like I was like actively upset, like actively like angry as I was watching that part of it. I was just like I was nitpicking a lot but it's like i'm not going to complain that much when i get to see like you know anthony edwards giving this performance like it's still fun uh Mm -hmm. or anything it's just like i i you could have like you could have finagled that character in in like a more uh realistic and believable way you know right so and then um, the the other and while we're still trying to get gripes mm -hmm. out of the way (laughs) the other like uh gripe that i had that wasn't necessarily basketball related Mm -hmm. um the child's mother being introduced as a significant part of this movie and then like zero resolution or zero like um exploration of it just again throws me off a little bit only because it's like you know all they had to say was that like she died or that she got like some weird criminal charge or whatever and then it's cool like we don't even have to explore her at all but like you know if the main character goes to jail, right, for assault, we have to assume that there's a mom that's around, right? Well, well, you know, well, we know, well no, he got the assault from going to beat up the mom's boyfriend when they were threatening to, like, get full custody mm-hmm. of her. But it's like, if he did go to jail, then how does he have now have full custody? How, how does he have full custody of the child? And, and that's my my whole sort of like <laughs> what like why did why did we even introduce her here like what was sort of the point 
you know? Well, I was going to ask you about that though. I mean, aside, I, I, actually, we didn't even really talk about Sanor's family too much, but I was, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you specifically about the scene though, where he gives his backstory and how, when mm-hmm. he, when he almost led Temple to the championship, he, he had a little bit too much to drink, got in a car wreck, uh, saved the Kenny Smith character, but he went to jail himself for six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, like how did that play for you? Because some people thought it was like almost not even necessary when there's already enough to that character as it is. Though I don't, I think they, I think they like set it up pretty well. Like they showed that he had hand issues or whatever, and they mm-hmm. made allusions to his past. And then it, it's a good way to get him to reconnect. Cause if they were going to have that plot choice where he doesn't tell Bo, uh, where, where he doesn't tell Bo about uh, the, the Sixers not being in on him, like he, once Bo finds out, like he needs to find some way to reel him back in. So he has some way to relate to him. But what did you think of that reveal as to Stanley's past? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was necessary. I don't know how you have any real conflict or, like, you know, um, issue with Stanley trying to be something in the NBA without, you know, something like that. Happening. Holding him back, yeah. Yeah, holding him back. And, like, drunk driving in college is the most plausible, is, well, not the most plausible, but a very common way to do it, you know? And so I think that that's, something that like was necessary i think it was handled well i think it was very much you always wanted to know how is he so tight with the whole league and the community and he clearly played with leon before but he it doesn't seem like he actually reached the nba was he just not good enough or what happened here and what do you so- think of a <laughs> I was just gonna say, what do you think of them naming him Leon Rich, like a hybrid of Leon, <laughs> a hybrid of Leon Rose and Rich Paul? It's like yeah. Rich Paul also like very closely affiliated with people to make this movie. It was just a yeah, very fun way where it's like they did not put a ton of effort into that. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. But you know what? It was cool. It was cool because like Kenny did a good job of uh, portraying um, like you know a, a former player turned agent. Scene. And you can, and it was believable that he would have that soft spot for Stanley. Like I thought yeah. the performance conveyed that well enough. And I, again, I also agree with you. I liked the scene where I, I thought uh, Stanley did a good job of acting in the scene where he gave, gave the history of the car wreck and whatnot. But the other thing mm-hmm. I want to ask about Stanley's performance, because I, again, I just think he's really good and really impressive and believable in this role. Uh, what did you think about him as the family man? If I told you like a, a couple three years ago before you'd ever seen uncut gems hey in a few years you're, you're gonna really mm-hmm. like a movie where adam sandler is queen latifah's husband uh would you have been like what what the hell are you talking about but i actually yeah. thought like i kind of i i did kind of believe them as a family union yeah no i i, I believe them as a family union i believe them as um i i believe uh stanley as like a sort of a struggling father that's not around much because of his job and mm-hmm. you know it's just one of those things like athletes get together like you know and like you can see that the movie didn't have to allude too much that uh queen latifah's character was a former athlete i think her nickname was t and so i'll just go with that that t Mm -hmm. was a former athlete and but it was completely believable that she was and like you know i i I thought it was uh i thought they had some like you know very nice dynamics and they didn't have to super focus on it you know to uh help out with the rest of the story um Mm -hmm. i think the thing that was like a little bit lacking for me was uh I you know I understand that like the daughter the relationship between Bo and his daughter is like you know a a key tenet of the movie but I I felt for him I didn't necessarily feel much for her you know I'm you know it's by her you mean the daughter by her you mean the daughter okay 
yeah and you know it's just kind of like um it's just it's kind of like you know maybe it's just a child actor thing but like it was just like you know like uh not not really like you could tell that he that he misses her because the movie reminds us but like it it just didn't really necessarily feel super impact i completely forgot about them up until we get Mm -hmm. to um the the story essentially and then even when we get to the story i still sort of forget about them up until they they show up again you know so well, yeah, well, I, I liked I liked it more in the first half than again, like they're kind of used for the social media stuff in the second half. Oh, the wife just happens to be like great buddies with Dr. J and we'll get him yeah. to come to this thing. It's like it's it's a little bit of, uh, you know, days. Oh, no, no, I was I was talking about um, uh, 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 the daughter. Family. Yeah. Oh, 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 I, yeah. I, I, I was asking about uh, Stanley's family when I said, yeah, that, yeah, the wife no, and daughter. I, I, I had I had switched into oh sorry I, yeah. I sorry I I, I I I missed that but uh so yeah well, I mean when they come back in like I guess it makes sense that they're gonna come back in at that point get based mm-hmm. on you know uh I, it makes sense they're gonna come back in at that point based on just where why Stanley is cracked why he's feeling sad um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah I mean it's again I but 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 I really liked how they were utilizing the game how like it it let mm-hmm. it let Ant, it let Ant be like that vile and i just yeah. again i respected him leading into it so i respected yeah. the role they played at the end of the movie you know yeah yeah definitely definitely and yeah you know i like you know i i overall i really did enjoy this movie a lot um i i thought that like a lot of the nba stuff was cool i even like you know if we go back to the the sixers uh air like the the owner's kid mm-hmm. that becomes owner himself yeah uh you know because we haven't really touched on him too much Mm-hmm. uh like it's not just that he seems like a jim bus uh type or a michael colangelo type kind of thing but it's also like the age-old like uh look at the analytics and look at the hype and the videos and stuff versus like the basketball knowledge guy and like how that mm-hmm. sort of clashes in the meeting room um like i i think that that was uh pretty well done um and um and like they they do a good job of like let letting us know that like you know this uh the this dipshit kid is like you know has too much power but has no idea what to do uh or how to run a team really and doesn't really know what he's looking at at all and so it was it was actually you know it it was actually like a good a good little piece of the movie as well just like just the way the owner was uh, was was very um uh, was very believable. Yeah, I mean, like I th- I I, th- I can see guys like that would just like they're gonna let shit go to their head. I mean, like I mean, yeah, it's is it, he's inherently dislikable, mm-hmm. and I but like I I can't really like you know give him a when hard says, time for not making him more well rounded. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say when he says, uh, like it looks like you're gonna uh miss another one of your daughter's birthday. Oh, Jesus, yeah, I was, I was because the first time I watched uh with Pam, I was telling my girlfriend, like, look, I would have said way worse than kiss my fat ass, I would (laughs) have, like, like you know, like either like you know, cussed them out or just well, well, he said, he said, uh, what what do you say? 
he said uh was, 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 there's something too besides fuck your five-star hotels or something else too yeah so, he, he, but yeah yeah i get what you're saying like that even like, felt a little tame at that point at that point like well, well really? okay so okay so the, well that, that was that was another point i was gonna make i thought the performance of him was really good in 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 how in how he was that unlikable and stuff like the the vince mm-hmm. character but like at a certain point the one part where it gave me a little pause was when he was like i guess he just really didn't like him and we didn't have a lot of context for why he didn't like him but like i i mean there's no reason really why he would just take him away from being an assistant coach and put him on the road. Unless like he actually seemed to think he was probably good at that. Uh, at least I no, bought that. He, I, 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 so I think the thing that I could at least sort of uh, uh, get as a plausible reason is that uh, Vin just is convinced that he knows how to run a basketball team. And he's doing this as like a prove it to his dad who, like, I guess, you know, re- like, you know, like, Vin's dad spoiled him too much, and so now he's got this sort of, like, big ego, and he wants to, like, prove, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a great man. I'm just, I'm, I'm better than my dad, you know, because the dad's, like, the typical, like, you know, owner's story, like, you know, they venerate him. He's such a big family, uh, like, community impact guy, and he, and he loved his beloved Sixers and stuff like that. And like you got like the the hotshot prick kid, you know, coming mm-hmm. in and being like, I keep calling the kid, he's a grown man, but like he <laughs> acts like a child, you know, and he acts like an entitled child. And so like you can tell that he already had pre-existing beef with Stanley, like before um the show happened. Yeah, yeah. I guess he they don't need to go into that. Yeah. He probably I guess I don't know for a second. Yeah, uh, I guess I thought he was being a little bit of a prick by sending him mm-hmm. back overseas, but that like why wouldn't he just fire him if he actually didn't think if like, why wouldn't he just fire him if he really hated him that much, you know? So I thought maybe he actually thought he did have some acumen and he Mm -hmm. just, but like also wanted to be a dick at him, dick to him at the same time. So he took him off the bench. Uh, But so I guess that for a second, it was just like perplexing me. It's like, well, he like thinks he's worth it keeping around enough to like, you know, send him business class to the other side of the world and incur that expense. So like, why won't he just like bring this guy in if he thinks he's a really good prospect? Uh, Mm -hmm. so, but I guess, I guess part of it's just him being a dick, part of it, like not being the one that has the foresight and smarts to like think a guy could be worth seeing if he hasn't played organized basketball in a long time. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was the one time where it was like, all right, you're sending him all the way over here, but not even going to like look at one of the players. You're just burning your own money at that point. Uh, Yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that was a little bit perplexing, but at the same time, I, I think it's really just this thing where he, he just, he just likes the controlling, he likes bossing people around essentially and like that's just his mm-hmm. way of like you know oh my dad said you're qualified to be an assistant coach but i still think you're way better as an as a scout so like i'm just gonna like uh make you a scout i'm not asking you know and you mm-hmm. you really chase this impossible unicorn i'm putting you in the bench in three months you know <laughs> that kind of thing like and and so it was like it i i feel like all of that was just like i'm being like a jerk and i'm being cynical because sure. i can you know and because like this is my team and i'm gonna show you that i just know this i know yeah better. and this really isn't a movie about the front office there it's about mm-hmm. it's i mean at the end of the day it's it really like again we talked about some of the stuff we didn't really want them necessarily spending time on in the latter part of the movie and we would have liked it to have been about more, even more focused maybe on on Stan and Bo, but like at the same time, I would also say like, I wouldn't have minded it getting a little bit more context for like what the sister was up to. 
Um, Mm because it's like it's clear that she does have like a pretty good relationship with uh, with Stan. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to go away, but now I'm going to come back. And uh, who knows exactly? Like, I I guess we're led to believe like Vince F things up so badly that like they're like, oh, yeah, come help us out. But it's like, I mean, I like Heidi Gardner as an actress. I mean, she hasn't been in a ton of things outside of SNL. But like I was like, okay, I could have used a little more of this character and maybe a little more of some of the other stuff. Mo and I already talked about that we could have done without. And that would have been an interesting balance to get a little more context for what was going on over there in the front office. Um, yeah, I will say right. also, uh, they actually, I, I was surprised by the end that they actually had doc in the movie. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that was going to happen because they'd already had a bunch of cameos to that point. They showed him at practice earlier in the movie. I guess mm-hmm. doc might not have been available to film that day before they, before he got taken off the bench and sent back on the road. I would just say it's kind of funny. He was in this movie because like, I would personally rather have Stanley Sugarman coaching the Sixers than doc rivers. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and and that's just the uh, you know I guess small little basketball things. I was like, so you know, head coach was in part like I can understand an owner like hiring an assistant coach without necessarily like uh, bringing the head coach in, but the head coach would still be like in the vicinity, you know, or would still be talking to Stanley and being like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to be put back on the road, but don't worry, we got a spot for you or, or something. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be like a GM either, which is a little bit more believable with some of the ways these owners can be in terms of like, you know, I'm sort of yeah. uh, running, running the show here. But I also don't know how many, how many head coaches in the league right now, like started mm-hmm. out as scouts. I, I was wondering, like a lot of times you would think a scout would aspire to be a GM, I, but I, I, I did not take the time to research just to really kind of see what the case was with that. I feel like most, a lot of coaches kind of do take the Spolcher out or something or whatever, where, where they right. work their way up through the video room and then get, get it on the back of the bench. And then they're on the front of the bench and then they're a coach or, or people like maybe work their way up through college and then the G league or whatever at, at coaching mm-hmm. levels. And it seems like scout is more something that traditionally leads, leads to GM, but like they wanted to tell that part of the scout story and um, right. that was just, and, 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 but and wanted him to, he wanted to be a coach and that was that, and that was fine but like i kind of thought about that it's like well there's no gm in this movie like he could have aspired to be the gm but like he he really liked working with the guy and this is the movie by a guy coaching another guy you know so. yeah you know and 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 that was uh you know some of the best parts of the movie was like you know first seeing like uh his life as a scout and then also seeing like his potential as a coach uh sort of being like unlocked through Bo, um and like you know uh, the personal goals that he's setting, like run up this hill and uh, mm-hmm. in like a minute and 45 or something like that, uh, you know, like pass, pass through these uh, tires, make sure that you can shoot with me, like insulting your uh, family and trying your life. Like, you know, like those, those various things were like really sort of uh, the, the glue of the movie and uh, the rest of it is just sort of in, in the vicinity uh you know and, and i can put pick this movie apart to death like mm-hmm. uh no but i think we liked it so i don't want to yeah. dwell too much more on the negatives um yeah. is there any anything any other odds and ends or point, little points about the movies or things you wanted to highlight before we uh finish up um yeah. something that i did think about uh, yeah you know he's not uh super well known but like mm-hmm. the actor who i guess used to play steve urkel uh yeah wait, i saw that on the cast list wait, wait which character was he he was I don't know what he was. Oh, okay. But like, he's just, I saw Julio White when I was looking at that, um, yeah. and I'm like, hey, he played someone named uh, Blake that was at the uh, that was on here. I'm like, who is Blake? Yeah. He's just know. he's the front office guy, I guess. He's always oh, like okay. in the meeting room with Ben, and he was just the most annoying character. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> in okay, the I got gotcha. you. Okay, you know, That's like funny. just 
it was just kind of like you know something that I was just like man like you're, you're just like a weird like orbiter you know like I I, I don't really like I guess again it's supposed to make me not like him but like you know so he might have done a good job there but mm. I, I really didn't like him and then uh the thing that was like throwing me off wasn't just like not having any context as to the draft pick um but when you say when you say draft pick well i guess it's because like you don't know where the sixers are picking it's like yeah. he's like begging the sixers to get him but it's like i guess the idea was if they brought him over and like looked at him themselves mm-hmm. then they could have been like all right you're good we'll take you don't worry about doing other stuff and mm-hmm. then that would have been a notch in stanley's belt if he was going to stay employed by the team mm-hmm. but because like they blew him off it's like, all right, well, now you don't really have the inside track on him anymore, but we don't really know what pick they had. It's like, if he did, like, they're making all this stuff about him and Kermit at the end, and there's supposedly one other guy that Kermit is second to. Mm-hmm. Um, that he, That's why he's even bothering participating in this stuff. So it's like, well, so is he going to be the third pick, and are the Sixers picking that high? Like, we don't really know. We, um, we and I, I can see no... why you, like, I can see why you would have wanted a little more insight there. Mm-hmm. We have no clue about that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's something where it's like, why was it, you know, uh, so important that, like, you pair Maxi, Embiid, and uh, Harris with, like, this fi- this final piece. Was he, like, a, was he, like, a top five? Like, what, well, yeah, it would, it would make on? more sense. It would make more sense to, like, for them to, like, if, if they have the right draft pick, if we want to get really nerdy here, it would make sense for them to, like, uh, maybe give up a future first to get off of Tobias's contract. Yeah. Because this guy seems like a better version of uh, whatever four you would want next to Embiid. <laughs> exactly you know like it was it was so that so that was a little strange and then the other thing um you know a little funny anecdote i'm willing to bet that they had ideas of putting simmons in this movie and had to cut a lot and the reason why uh, i have this theory yeah clutch guy yeah he's a clutch guy he's um mm. they talk about uh maxi a lot and the maxi buzz the, also a clutch they, guy yeah, also a clutch guy. But the Maxi buzz when they shot this movie definitely happened post shooting the movie. So they had to like re. I think they had to like edit some well, stuff in. Well, to- well, okay. So they shot the movie in uh in like November 2020, which I didn't realize it was that mm-hmm. long ago that they shot it. I'd forgotten that. So yeah. uh like yeah, it says principal filming began in October 2020, which would have been like basically uh right around the time like he basically they, they had to move the 2020 draft back because mm-hmm. of because of the uh b- because of the pandemic that draft happened uh basically i think i, w- I want to say that happened when i was visiting my family for things uh, yeah the draft that year was in november yeah. so th- so i mean they started filming in october because I'm, I'm remembering now like i was in my family's house in pensacola because i would have been back home for thanksgiving uh when when they made the draft pick so that happened in no he got so they started filming even before the sixers drafted maxi mm-hmm. so who knows like you said maybe they like filmed some simmons stuff or they but then like that hit the cutting room floor and it's like oh you know now we have maxi and he's like new and like you said it's funny because they're talking maxi up in the movie and it would mm-hmm. kind of make sense if you're watching it right now when he just had this breakout year but at that mm-hmm. point like they knew he was good in college, but like it, it was no kind idea. of like it was it was good for them that they made he made a leap because it kind of makes sense when you're watching it now. But at the time mm-hmm. they filmed it, they were kind of like betting on him like turning it around because they probably like worked backwards and it's like, oh, the Sixers drafted one of our clutch guys. Let's go shoot some a couple more scenes with him, you know? And and that's also like a, a little like uh Kyle Lowry theory as well, because if you recall, there was like a lot of like, mm-hmm. oh, are they gonna trade for Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry or are they gonna sign Kyle Lowry? 
and Carl Lowry shows up for like one scene and mm-hmm. then just dips for the rest of the movie. And like, he's also from Philly, so you know maybe he just has some connections and wants to hang. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but but it would have worked out well retroactively if then the Sixers yeah. traded for him. Yeah, and, so, and, like, and it was it was around. It's funny that Maxi is also in the movie though, because like it was around December 2020 when people thought that Maxi might get traded for Lowry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like I I feel like they definitely like tweaked a little bit around the edges on that, and then like uh you know and, and uh this doesn't necessarily have to be in the pot or not, but like I found it weird, like just the whole overall timeline because. Mm-hmm. If you recall, like uh, the old owner says, Stan, your assistant coach, dies pretty much the same day or the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, three months later, they're at what appears to be a training camp, mm-hmm. right? Because there had to have been like a three month distance. They clearly, like, it was right, it was probably close to right up to the draft. Because like they decide to draft Haas, even though like they didn't want to draft him. No, they already had Haas at the training camp. Yeah, they already had. Yeah, they already had Haas at the training camp. And so the the, me- the meeting where he like where he like gets the word he's going to be assistant coach. That's like when they're prepping for the draft and talking about him. So yeah, it kind of makes yeah. sense, like because training yeah. camp probably is about three months after the draft in real life. Exactly, but then you get Bo Cruz in here, I guess. Relatively oh, for the combine, soon. yeah. And like the combine is not so, like if the, if this is training camp, and like the most optimistic thing you could say is that this is like in September or deep September, like the combine's not till like. Next but yeah, week. And, and then once they get cruised over the seas, it's like we got the combine in six weeks. So you're right that you're right that I did not pick that up. You 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 were you you were, you were getting in the real nitty gritty. Like I mean, I get it. You're a hardcore basketball fan. You know these things. I know this. I know this. I know the calendar too, obviously. But like, I was not thinking that hard about it. But like, look, like that's the kind of thing where you could have you could have easily explained. It. You could have even had look. You could have easily explained that away too if they had just done another scouting montage. Been like, right. look, they, 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 he didn't have to stumble into Bo Cruz on the first stop when he got back overseas, which is what it's kind of implied happened. They could have just right. had another two minute montage of like that implied that another six months had passed and then it would have worked, you know? Right. So yeah, exactly. there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, like it, it was, it was very much like what, like what's going on with these. With okay. Okay. All right. Wait, 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 I'll keep it in the pod because I, I like, I like that you picked up on that, but like, let's stop nitpicking it because we're, we've already gone a long time. So yeah. uh, I think if, even though Mo, Mo and I did have plenty of nitpicks here about this movie, I hope we conveyed that we thought it was definitely worth watching and it's a really good time and way better than if you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, Adam Sandler, Netflix, uh, most of those aren't good. Or you're like uh, LeBron James production company. They made the shitty spaceship movie. Uh, look, they, uh, the, the whole was greater than the sum of its parts in that regard. It is a very, very well done movie that again, gets a lot right even if like basketball big basketball fans like mo and i are going to be able to nitpick it a little more so definitely worth your time and i think like if if, if you're someone that like you know just if you know someone that like might enjoy like a, a crowd-pleasing movie that like isn't going to nitpick the basketball to death i think they'll enjoy it you know there's just a lot of funny stuff in here um mo the, if you recall the other thing we like to do at the end of these is see if there's anything else you want to recommend aside from hustle have you been watching anything really that you would like to recommend to our listeners okay so uh we are finishing the last season of ozark uh mm. i recommend that you all check it out it's it's ending a little bit on the slow side but it's still very very entertaining it still gives you like okay. uh every if you were a fan of the show you're getting everything that you uh want to get in order to wrap up the story so mm. uh highly recommend it y'all check it out so i've actually never watched ozark 
Oh, um, and I, and I, you know, I mean, I'm a big TV and movie guy, but like, I just, I had too many people that I liked were like quick to it. And we're just like, ah, eh, it's just not as good as breaking bad. It'll just feel like a lesser breaking bad. And uh, I was just like, it, it was hard to get excited to watch it. Once I heard that from some people I trusted, you know, you see, I'd never gotten into breaking bad. So I was, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, so maybe okay. I'll have to check out Breaking Bad after this once I'm done. But oh, you got a lot of great TV ahead of you then if you've never watched Breaking Bad. Um yeah. I my recommendation would be I I am I've watched four as of the recording of this, I've watched four of the five episodes of season three of the boys that have dropped um Ooh. on Amazon. And okay. did did you watch the first or second season of the boys? Have you watched those? No, no, oh. because it's like uh I just I never got around to like a lot of the prime stuff besides mm. Invincible. Um but because what? Besides Invincible, I never got. Oh, it. okay. Invincible's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you like Invincible, I mean, the same guys are behind it. Like Seth Rogen and his producing partner produced both The Boys and Invincible. Um, right. I mean, Invincible has some pretty graphic stuff in there, and so does The Boys. <laughs> but The Boys is just like kind of takes it fifteen steps further, and even oh. more so in season three in a way that's like honestly hard to watch at times, but so effective with a lot of the commentary they are doing. You know, they had this the character that was basically a Nazi and um, oh, some of it felt on the nose in season two, but like still not necessarily ringing false here. It's like, I think they're being a little more subtle with some of the political commentary, even if it's like they're very in your face with some of like the really graphic stuff, but like the characters that are being awful are doing so in a way that really makes a lot of sense, even if it's like kind of uncomfortable and like how much it kind of rings true, even if again, it's a very heightened world. So I just think like season three, of the boys is like leaning into some pretty uncomfortable things very effectively. I highly recommend it if you haven't gotten around to starting it yet. Um, Mo, before you get out of here, uh, is there anything you want to plug personally? Do you mean, um, do you have any kind of like other social media, personal ventures that you want to put out there? If not, you can be a blank slate. That's totally cool too. Okay. Um, actually this is probably a a good place to, uh, plug, but you know, um, as uh, some of your listeners may have been aware, uh, my sister had unfortunately passed um, earlier this year. Mm. But um, my family and I are doing are starting a uh, memorial um, charity in her honor. Uh, it's called Abby's Corner. Uh, mm. We have a Facebook page and a website, abbyscorner.org. Uh, so you know y'all can check it out. We're basically uh, fundraising uh, for research into fighting and defeating uh, DUIPG. Um, and, you know, we think that it's uh, going to be something worthwhile. And, uh, you know, we would love for y'all to uh, check it out um, and see if it's something you would like to donate to. So. That's, a, that's a great plug. And I will, if, 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 if I, I'll have you send me the link and I can even put it in the, you know, episode description or whatever. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, as usual, I'm Josh Trinovoy, J-O-S-H, J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast email is rewindmoviepod at gmail.com and the podcast Twitter is at rewindmoviepod. So send feedback that way. Uh, at this point, I uh, don't know the order in which I'm putting everything out in because I still have a few episodes I haven't posted, but I'm, I suspect coming up next will probably be a, a podcast on the Elvis movie that's coming out, which uh, we did with my, <laughs> we, we did, we did, we, 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 as of now, we haven't recorded it, but uh, we will have done, we, it, it'll, it'll be eventually recorded with my friend Joe, who is normally our Pixar correspondent, who was just on for light year, but he uh, made a live action request and I always enjoy when he's willing to do a live action movie. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll have all the summer movies coming your way. Thanks to Mo for joining us and we'll see you next time.